Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Carl Morrison, a certified paralegal devoted to law and your host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm a certified paralegal and paralegal educator, and I'm devoted to not only the paralegal profession, but to all legal professionals, from legal support professionals to paralegals to those whom we support, attorneys. I'm devoted to helping others enhance their passion and dedication for the paralegal profession through entertaining and engaging interviews. Before we begin, we would like to thank our sponsor, NALA. NALA, the Paralegal Association, is a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA is a force in the promotion and advancement of the paralegal profession and has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since our very first show. And also, courtfiling.net. E-file court documents with ease in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. To learn more, visit courtfiling.net to take advantage of a free 30-day trial. And also, Thomson Reuters Firm Central, cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. And finally, ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, who embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and everyday job. My guests will be engaging and informational with a little bit of fun thrown in. Now, today, we don't have a guest. I am the guest. I'm the host and the guest today. Uh, And I kind of want to do what I'm calling Carl's Late Night Show Top 10. Think of David Letterman and his top 10. Well, this is going to be my top 10. And it's all about a paralegal's perspective into law office management. Now, you're probably saying, okay, paralegal hears the phrase, law office management, ooh, retirement plans, you know, supervising subordinates and navigating, you know, healthcare plans. Well, no, there's more to it than that. Law office management, you know, includes everything from personnel recruitment, you know, hiring individuals to technology and everything in between. And truly, a paralegal can play a vital role in assisting their office administrator or the senior partner of the firm in that day-to-day management of a law practice. Even if you have an office administrator, if you, you work for a large firm, you as a paralegal, you still have and play a vital role in assisting in that law office management. So think of these as my simple 10 tips that you as a paralegal can provide to your firm or to your corporate legal department in assisting in that law office management. So if I had a drum roll, drum roll, please. Number one on the top 10 of my first tips of today, technology. So you think of technology as software, hardware, things of that nature, phone systems, so on and so forth. Well, a paralegal and a skilled and competent paralegal, you got to be well-versed. We've talked about it on other shows about those technological trends that occur in the legal industry, and they happen now at lightning speed. So when you, as a paralegal, working in your office, 
your office is seeking maybe new hardware or new software or maybe looking for that best and most cost-effective maybe document management system, for lack of a better term, you, paralegal, you can truly volunteer your assistance in trying the demo versions of the systems, of the software. Maybe get out there and read white papers on cloud-based file management systems, contracting systems, so on and so forth. You have an active role in going out there and being knowledgeable of those technology trends that are occurring in the legal industry. So, you know, get out there, go to seminars, go meet with vendors about particular software, learn what's happening in the legal technology world, because, you know, even if your firm's not actively looking for software, you know, Taking that initiative to search and reach out to those vendors and learn those new systems in your applicable area of law, demonstrate to your employer that you're taking the initiative to go above and beyond what's required. And your employer is going to look at you and go, oh, hey, wait, I'm, I can rely on Paralegal X to help me be able to identify what's the best system What's the most efficient system that's going to help us streamline our business? Because you, you're going to be using it as a paralegal. You're going to be the end user. So your insight is really vital when your firm, your company is selecting that best technology for uh, your company. My second tip is what I call non-attorney recruitment. So hiring. But not for an attorney, associate, junior associate, senior associate, partner type position, but all the other positions that go along with a law office. So, you know, think of it as an opening. It's come up in your company for a new runner, receptionist, secretary, or junior paralegal. Maybe you're a senior paralegal in your company. So how can you, you're thinking, how can you as a paralegal assist your HR director or managing partner in selecting the right candidate? Well, first, if you know that they're looking for an additional position or replacing someone, reach out to them. Take that initiative. You're probably going to hear this a lot throughout these tips, but take that initiative to go ahead and help develop and complete that accurate job description for that position. You're going to have that what I call on-the-ground knowledge of what that particular position requires, because you may have been working there for several years, or even if you've worked there for a year, you're going to have that on-the-ground knowledge of what that position requires, more than just that requisite, you know, Microsoft Office experience, Adobe, Relativity, so on and so forth, or those organizational skills. You have some of that knowledge, that in-house knowledge, of what that job requires. And you can help really be able to um, create and craft the language for that job position so that the best candidates are going to be replying to uh, the job. And to be honest, this is how I branched out into actually conducting interviews of uh, potential paralegals and legal secretaries for the firms that I worked for. And I continue to do that today. It's because I took the initiative to reach out uh, because we were hiring a particular position at the firm. And I reached out to our office administrator. And I said, do you want assistance in crafting the uh, job description for this position? Because I know this 
particular partner this person's going to work for, and I can kind of help. And she said, absolutely. And from then on, the rest is history. So taking that, you know, initiative step out and helping craft that language for that job position is a way to help be able to secure the best people for your company to develop truly the best team. Number three, drum roll on my list of top 10 is continuing legal education. So, okay, you guys are probably going, well, I'm certified. Yeah, I got to have continuing legal education requirements. Well, yeah, truly maintaining your paralegal skills by attending those continuing legal education seminars and webinars. But it's not just for us that are certified. If you're not certified, you still need to be doing that. That's how you keep abreast of what's going on in the legal field, in the way of the laws that change constantly. That's how you keep abreast of that. But it's also how you keep abreast to, going back to my number one item here was technology, keeping abreast of what's going on in technology. So, you know, staying on top of those current procedures in case law and so on and so forth, it truly makes you, um, helps you remain an essential member of the legal team. And again, demonstrates to your employer that you're going above and beyond that is required of you in order to do your job. It makes you truly a better paralegal and a well-versed individual. And to be honest, it's great resume fodder. It helps you, you know, set yourself apart from all those other applicants that are out there. Our fourth tip is marketing. All right, you guys and Carl, hang on. Some of these things you're talking about today, how are they really relevant to me as a paralegal? I'm going to tell you right now, marketing is relevant. Of course, marketing in a law office, it involves a lot of things that we wouldn't necessarily be involved in and won't potentially be involved in. Budgeting, website development, referral networks, things of that nature. But do you realize that when you belong to an association and those that know me, and I've talked about it on other shows, that networking is a vital part of your job as a paralegal is to network with your peers and those in the legal industry. But do you realize that when you join an association, paralegal association, bar association, whatever it may be, and when you become active in either a leadership role serving on a board, speaking at a CLE at the association, authoring articles. Do you realize that you're playing an important part in the marketing of that firm's image? Because what are you going to put as your bio? Where are you going to put that you are a paralegal with the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe? And, you know, you're just that simple right there statement, sentence, is a marketing. It's a marketing tool. So, you know, as a professional paralegal, you want to keep your firm apprised every time you publicly speak, every time you write an article, every time you serve in a leadership role. Because if your firm is, you know, tuned in to marketing for their respective company, the firm, corporate legal department, they want that what I call free marketing. If you are out there being a professional and doing things that, you know, not only help you, but ultimately help your company, it's a win-win for everybody. So I'll tell you, savvy clients, they're looking 
for those firms and companies that are diverse, that have a skilled legal team, and they're looking at the paralegals too. A situation at a firm I worked for several years ago, um, we were securing a particular new client and it involved our senior partner and junior partner and associate traveling to uh, the corporate headquarters to talk to this particular general counsel and uh, the big wigs at the company to win, you know, their business. And that particular company asked specifically, how many paralegals do you utilize? Are your paralegals certified? Do they serve on any leadership roles? And my senior partner called me from the airplane saying, Carl, you're certified, right? Do you serve on... He had me list out all that stuff so that he could provide that to the potential client who ultimately did become our client because of, not just because I was certified and I served on a national uh, association, so on and so forth, but it was an additional measure that that particular company was utilizing in order to you know, weigh us against all the other firms that were vying for their business. So you as a paralegal, you are a marketing tool to your respective company, to your respective firm. So don't sell yourself short. Definitely get involved and utilize that, again, to set yourself apart. Our fifth tip, so we're at the halfway mark here of our top 10, is practice support. Well, okay, what is practice support? Well, define that first. Practice support, think of it as everything else that you utilize to help you do your practice. So if you're in medical malpractice, uh, products liability, litigation, you are going to rely on, and, and even if you're not in those perspective areas, but you're going to rely on court reporters. You're going to rely on e-discovery specialists. You're going to rely on certain experts, litigation support companies. Uh, I can keep going on. So we as paralegals, we work really close with those vendors. And we often are left to make the best decision, not only for our client in that aspect from practice support aspect, but also for our firm. So, you know, help your attorney understand or your office administrator, you know, understand your role in that practice support. And you do that by developing strong relationships with your vendors. You play an important part in selecting ones that you'll have the greatest impact on the success of your case and of the firm. I can think of a time where um, I was sought out by our lead e-discovery partner when we were wanting to narrow it down to utilize one e-discovery company for the entire firm. And we were a multi-office location type firm. And I was one of about five different people that I was brought in because I had specialty certificate in e-discovery. And I was brought in to assist in helping identify those vendors that then we gave them a questionnaire and then we actually got them on the phone and so on and so forth. So me as a paralegal, I work closely with all those types of vendors and, and you do the same. And as such, you have that right information to help make the best choice for your firm, for your company, to truly help. What do we do for all our clients? We want to help them. That's our, our ultimate goal is to help our client. And so you have those skills and knowledge and experience to be able to reach out to those, uh, those best companies that can help you do your job best. 
So I want to take a, a short little commercial break right now. And when we come back, we're going to continue our show. We're going to continue with the rest of our top 10. And then we'll talk about our question from our listener's voice bag today. So don't turn that on. This episode of The Paralegal Voice is brought to you by courtfiling.net, your solution for electronic filing in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. Courtfiling.net provides a better e-filing experience so you can spend more time helping clients. Because they know that work sometimes happens after hours, courtfiling.net offers 24-7 phone, email, and chat support. Visit courtfiling.net to receive 30 days of unlimited free electronic filings and see how you too can e-file court documents with ease. Nella offers continuing education, professional development, and voluntary certification for all paralegals. The certified paralegal credential has been awarded to more than 19,000 paralegals. The certified paralegal program is also the first paralegal certification program accredited by the National Commission for Certifying Agencies. NALA works actively with all those in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. Learn more about NALA at www.nala.org. Welcome back to The Paralegal Voice. I'm Carl Morrison. And before the break, we were doing our top 10. So we were at the number five mark. If I was Wolfgang Jack, I could do that voice, but I, I'm not, so we won't go there. So uh, we'll do the the last five of my top 10 of law office management for and from a paralegal's perspective. So let's keep it going. My six, number six drumroll of tips in law office management is about the supply room. All right. As a litigation paralegal, I know I can go through reams and reams of paper. I can go through a thousand post-it notes and a litany of thumb drives, you know, in just one week. Based on the case, based on what's going on, I can tear through a lot of stuff. But from a paralegal's perspective, it's not just stuff in the supply room. Oh, that's just reams of paper. Oh, that's just post-it notes. The company pays for that. So, yeah, it doesn't matter if I waste it. It doesn't matter if I lose it. It doesn't matter if I... No, it does matter. It's important for you as a paralegal to understand that you need to watch your waste in the office. You want to keep those overhead costs low because what happens? You know, that affects your client that you're working for. It affects your salary. It affects others' salary in the firm. It's not just, you know, eh, they pay for it. It's covered. Don't need to worry about it. No especially if you're in a smaller office. I know you listeners that work in smaller offices understand you get kind of tight with your post-it notes, with your highlighters, your pens, your pencils. And I have also worked in large law firms, national law firms. And sometimes it's disheartening to see other coworkers, other paralegals, just treat the supply room as their own personal little warehouse that they can go in and pick and choose and eh, I'm doing, you know, I I need some post-it notes for home. Well, no, really called stealing. (laughs) Don't want to do that. But you need to think about, you know, keeping those costs low and and watching your waste when you're utilizing the items in the supply room. Well, how do you do that? Well, economize. Look at what you have at your desk. 
you know, we get a ton when you get, especially when you go to, to conferences, you pick up all sorts of swag. You pick up 9 million different pins. Do you really need to order a box of special, you know, uh, fine line, uh, rollerball type pins uh, to be utilized when you have a Marriott pin sitting there right next to you that you picked up at a hotel that you stayed at at a conference? Well, no, you may not really need that. So think of those types of things that you can help economize and watch the waste, how much you are printing. You know, we try to be, especially the world in general, we try to be uh, paper friendly. We try not to waste too much in the way of paper. But I will tell you guys, litigation and law firms are the worst about printing and about wasting paper. So think about before you print that email, before you print that pleading, do you really need to print that out? Or can you look at it and review it online in the uh, technology that you're utilizing? You can highlight, you can do a lot of comments, so on and so forth, without having to print it. So watch your waste and economize. My seventh tip on my top 10, pricing your paralegal services. (laughs) Okay, hang on. I know you're sitting there going, Carl, you, I know you, you beat ethics into your students' heads, and you're telling me that a paralegal can set pricing? Whoa, okay, no, hang on, time out. That's true. Paralegal can't set fees. We cannot set how much is going to be charged. That's the attorney's job, not the paralegal's job. But a paralegal that's active in an association such as NALA, NALS, NIFPA, NFPA, you know, any of the major paralegal associations and those that are not connected with a national association, a state or local association. You know, if you belong to and aren't active and you've networked with others, you've probably had conversations with others about what's your average, you know, billing rate that your firm utilizes in the way for your, your paralegals. What do you all charge? 85, 95, 110, 120, whatever the rate may be. So you've got some understanding of what the going right is for a paralegal in their perspective and respective role in your area of law. So, you know, sharing that information with the senior partner can help them set the best rate for the firm. Also, NALA does a huge compensation survey and utilization compensation survey. And one of the things they, they go out and look for is also the, the billing rate. So you've got at a national level what billing rates are being charged in average in the area of law. So share that information with your senior partner because when you do that, you're helping the firm be able to maximize on the profits for the firm to be able to you know adequately set those fees that are in your respective jurisdiction and area and to help your client overall. So don't think that, A, yes, you cannot set your fees. (laughs) That is true. However, you do have a say and you can play an active role in helping your firm and your senior partner be able to identify what is the going right for a litigation paralegal, for example, in Las Vegas, Nevada, because you've probably spoken with someone or many others in your respective area. Number eight, we're getting down to the last couple of top 10 law office management. Number eight, developing your soft skills. Ooh, soft skills, you know, communication, TV, so on and so forth. You know, 
a paralegal has to have, must have those strong soft skills in order to succeed, not only professionally, but personally. So communication, team building, leadership, they're all soft skills that you have to continually develop. And you do it by belonging to associations, by writing articles for different legal industry blogs or magazines, newspapers, whatever the case may be. You know, you doing that and helping work on your soft skills, you know, ensures that the firm remains efficient and effective, being able to provide the legal uh, representation, the proper legal representation to their clients, to others in the legal industry. So when you build those, those soft skills and maintain your soft skills, you're not only helping yourself, but you're really truly helping your firm. And by default, you're really helping your client, which is what? That's truly what we're supposed to be doing is helping our attorneys represent and provide the best legal services to our client. Number nine, young lawyers. Oh, what I call the baby lawyers. And for those lawyers that listen to the show as well, you guys understand that a well-versed, competent, skilled paralegal, when you first graduated, passed the bar, sat in your first desk as a junior associate that first day, who did you turn to? You probably turned to that paralegal. You turned to that legal support professional that knew and understands how to navigate not only the law office, but also being able to navigate procedures. Uh, Like I tell students all the time, the lawyer is the doctor of the law, the master of the law. The paralegal, think of the paralegal as the nurse practitioner of the law or the master of the procedure of the law, not just the theory. So we have to understand and be able to navigate. So from a young lawyer's perspective, paralegals that are more seasoned, that have the, the skills and experience can really play a very important part in assisting those younger lawyers, what I call the baby lawyers, no offense, that are the recent graduates really truly procedurally navigate the legal system, the legal waters, as I call it. You know, the law student studies the theory, paralegals, we study the procedure. So when a recent law graduate starts to work at your company, actually step out again. What what have I been saying through all these items, (laughs) our top 10 initiative? Step out, volunteer your services to that new baby lawyer, that young lawyer, to help them succeed. Because what happens, especially if you work for a firm and a company for a long time, you actually are going to grow with that lawyer who becomes a junior associate to associate to junior partner to senior partner. And they're going to remember who you were, who you are, and the help you provided to them when they first came into the law firm, into the corporate legal department. So volunteer your services to help them succeed because, again, we're helping the client. Ultimately, that's the ultimate goal. So number 10, drum roll, please. Mentoring. 
Blah, mentoring. I'm not a mentor. I don't know how to mentor. Well, just like I said with the previous tip, ask with law students, volunteer your mentoring skills and services to recent paralegal graduates. Even those that haven't graduated, reach out to your local community college, university, for-profit college that has a paralegal program. Reach out and volunteer your mentoring services, your mentoring skills to those individuals. You know, the goal is to ensure that your company, your firm has the best and brightest talent. And as a senior paralegal, as someone that's been doing it for many years, I like to help be able to give back. So if I can help those baby paralegals that are coming out of a program understand their role as a paralegal, what they're supposed to be doing. If I can save them a lot of grief that I went through because I didn't have a mentor initially when I first started and I had to learn the hard way. And if I can help save them some of that heartache, the better. So, you know, volunteer, offer your mentoring services, your mentoring skills to a baby paralegal because you can't take that knowledge with you when you go. And the goal is to truly help those coming up behind you be the best paralegal that you are. Because I know I know you guys that listen to the show, you are truly the star paralegals in your firm, in your corporate legal department, the government, wherever you maybe work as a, as a paralegal, you guys are the stars. So don't hoard your knowledge and your experiences. Share it with the baby paralegals that are out there. My top 10... Uh, and I could truly go on and on, but I'm sure you don't want to listen to me for two and a half hours. Uh, but truly, these 10 simple tips can really help you play a vital role in your law office and, more importantly, the management of your law office. And it's a benefit not only to yourself, but more importantly, to the law firm as a whole. And like I said, you stepping out and demonstrating that your initiative to help manage, I say with air quotes, manage the firm. You may not be in a true management position, but being able to help manage and help your senior partner, help your office administrator, head of HR, so on and so forth, manage some of these areas that we've talked about, it's only going to help the firm as a whole. So definitely take these tips to heart, share them with others because we all play a part in being able to manage our firms. So with that, I want to kind of wrap up with some exciting news to share with you guys. Today, we received, Legal Talk Network received quite an accolade. Several of the shows, two or three of the shows were recognized on the ABA Journal's Web 100 Top 20 Best Law Podcasts of 2018. And the Paralegal Voice was named as one of the top 20 best law podcasts for this year, for 2018. So I am truly humbled and honored that the judges that awarded this particular award on us and on the Legal Talk Network is quite an honor. So truly, thank you to the ABA, to the ABA Journal, to those judges that saw my excitement uh, as host of the Paralegal Voice and being able to share some fun and exciting and, and different shows with the listeners. So thank you to the listeners as well for being a active participant 
by sending in your questions to the listener's voice. It makes my heart smile to see that and to hear that. And so thank you to the ABA for this award. We truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today's podcast. You want to make sure and tune in to our next month's episode. Next month, it's December, if you can believe it. We're already into the holiday season. I hope everyone has and has had a fantastic Thanksgiving, and I hope everyone has a great holiday season. And stay tuned for more news, tips, and announcements. We'll be right back. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry, connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small law firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With Firm Central, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Welcome back. We come to the segment of the show called The Listener's Voice, which, guys, this is my favorite part of the show. I absolutely love this part of the show. And maybe maybe I'll next time I'll move it to the front of the show, or maybe I'll put it in the middle of the show. Who knows? You'll just have to tune in and find out. But really, this part of the show is an opportunity for you as the listener to write to me. Send me an email with any of your questions, your career celebrations, so on and so forth. And I'm going to go through them, and I'll read them on air. And if there's a particular topic that you want me to talk about, if there's a particular uh, question that you want to direct to a uh, former guest of the show, send them to me. And I'll go through them. We'll we'll listen to them. We'll, we'll read them. And we want to make your voice, the listener's voice, heard. So send me your email. Send it to... Devoted to Law, that's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W, at gmail.com. That's Devoted to Law at gmail.com. Today's question comes from a listener who was listening to my show from a couple of months ago about conferences and attending a conference. And this individual, while they didn't give me their name, they said, hey there. I want to attend NALA's next education conference in Scottsdale, Arizona in 2019, yet I can't afford to pay my own way. How can I get my employer to help me pay for some of the costs of the attendance? I work for a small firm in Alabama, and I don't know if he will even go for it. Any advice is helpful. Thank you, sir. Signed, Strat for Cash. Well, Strat for Cash, you're not the only one that's in that boat. Many firms uh, nowadays don't necessarily uh, budget for uh, sending a paralegal to a legal conference, especially at a national conference that's not in their own backyard. So how do you get your, your employer to pay for it? Well, I'll tell you that NALA does provide a actual letter that you can 
tweak to your own particular individual partner that you may be writing it to, but it's kind of a template to help send to them to help demonstrate why you should be sent to uh, that respective conference, the NALA conference. NALS does the same thing. I believe NIFBA also has a template that you can utilize because all the national associations understand that many of us have to pay for these out of our own pockets. And so as such, you know, it helps to be able to craft that language to help get that. What I've done in the past is I've actually taken the brochure, uh, maybe printed out a list of the agenda, the different topics. And if I see a bunch of topics that are applicable to my area of law, I'll go into my employer and go, hey, look here, this conference is going on in July or September or whenever it's scheduled. And there's about eight out of the 12 sessions that have to deal with you know, corporate law or medical malpractice or litigation. And I really would love to go because these two here are really exciting. And I think it would be great to what we do here at the firm. Would the firm be willing to pay either the registration or my airfare or hotel or any or all of it to help me be able to go? Because it'll help us. Nine times out of 10, I get all expenses paid, the registration, the airfare, the hotel. And it's because they understand I'm not going just because it's in Scottsdale or I'm not going because it's in Orlando. I'm going because I'm going to go and have my tail end in the chair, you know, listening, taking notes and coming back and sharing it with the other paralegals. So if you can demonstrate that there's a value in it, nine times out of 10, your employer is going to pay for it. Now, for those that like yourself, strap for cash, you work for a small firm. So your firm probably doesn't even have a budget that may be set for, you know, specifically conference attending, you know, education. So maybe you say to your, you know, particular attorney that you're working for in that small firm, hey, would you be willing to at least maybe pay for the registration? Or could you maybe pay for half the registration? And then you yourself can, you know, actually, okay, I can figure out, I've got six months to budget for airfare. That's how much airfare is going to cost me. That's how much hotel is going to cost me. And then I can start squirreling away. 20 bucks here, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks here. And by the time you you realize, holy moly, I've got all my money to pay for airfare, hotel, even food, if my firm will help pay for the registration. So there's ways to demonstrate And that's the main key. It's really demonstrating to your employer that there's a value in you going. You're not going to go hang out at the bar with your friends that attend that conference. You're going to learn and come back and share the experience and the knowledge. And it also goes back to my tip number, let's see, what number was that? That was actually number five on the list of top 10 practice support. Because when you go to those conferences, there's exhibitors. And those exhibitors are there to sell their e-discovery services. They're there to sell court reporting services, so on and so forth. You get to meet other exhibitors, other vendors that you may want to utilize in the future. And what a great way to network, 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 network. That's all you guys ever hear me talk about is networking. So it's important. So definitely demonstrate to your employer that there's a value in you going. Do it in ahead of time. Try not to wait till the month before. As soon as you know the conference is coming out, 
reach out to your employer and say, hey, I'd like to go next year. I'd like to go in July. It's December now. That gives them about eight months to start planning and budgeting and gives you time to budget and plan as well. So thank you, Strap for Cash, for the question. I think that's a great question. And thank you to the listeners. So keep those questions coming. That's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W at gmail.com. Stay tuned for more information and upcoming podcasts for exciting paralegal trends, news, and engaging and fun interviews from leading paralegals and other leading legal professionals. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.